Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I want to deal with the unholy masquerades. Satan himself, don't be surprised, even Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. I want you to let, ponder that thought, ponder that thought right now that even Satan appears in and out of the company of the sons of God. He comes in and out of movies, in and out of families, in and out of prayer meetings. He comes in and out of sessions, church services. He can come in and out of uh, marriages. And one of the things he tries to do is to masquerade himself as an angel of light. Don't be surprised. Even Satan does it. His ministers will do it. His ministers, people that are being used by him. And I want to just talk about the masquerades, the falsehood, the hypocrisy that is out there because it is leading people away from the basis that God has laid, the foundation, which is the truth. This uh, pandemic is demonic. And I want to be blunt. I said it is demonic. It is satanic. The activities that are going on in the heavens right now is tremendous. And there are people who are waiting for the economy to open and waiting for things to become normal. It will never be normal. The normal has changed. It will never go back to the way it was completely. There's a lot of deception and a lot of fear. It may take decades for people to trust again. And anytime there's fear, the Bible says there is torments. God has not given us, the scripture says, the spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And what God is trying to do is get us to a point in our lives where we operate in faith, which is the total opposite of fear. But right now, we have over 525,000 people who've died because of COVID-19, and it is shaking our world. I say this pandemic is demonic. It has separated families. It has separated communities. This pandemic has revealed to us the viruses that are in our own lives and in our own homes. It has separated communities. It's even divided and split churches. Some people feel like they don't ever want to go back to a building. Some people feel like they don't need God anymore. And there's a whole generation of young people who would rather tweet and, and chat and do all of these things, spending a lot of time on social media networking with people, calling people friends who you've never met before, uh, sharing pictures and insights about what's going on in your personal life, and just making yourself a target for hurt and for injury. This pandemic has separated leaders, politicians, political parties have been separated. It has even divided ethnicities and races. It is revealed who's racist and who's not. 
It is revealed uh, who's, who's progressive and who's conservative. And on both sides of that, we have problems. Viruses are on both sides of it. Whether you're conservative or you are totally liberal, uh, we need to watch the forces that be. And even more, he's, uh, the enemy has used this to separate the people of God. I want you to think about the mask. I want you to think about the mask. Though I believe the mask is necessary in saving lives, and I appreciate you wearing masks. When you wear a mask, you're protecting others from a potential virus spread through yourself. The mask doesn't necessarily protect you from others, but you're protecting the virus from spreading in case you had it to others. You're protecting them from getting it. So think about that. You're being a patriot when you wear the mask. And we have whole states right now that feel like their liberties have been uh, violated when they wear a mask. Uh, I think out in Arizona, we got kids, parents taking kids and, and allowing them to burn masks. I do believe, and I want to make sure because I'm going to be talking about masks in a spiritual sense, but I do believe that the masks uh, are necessary in saving lives. I think if you wash hands, you wear your mask, you follow social distancing, you try to really protect yourself, you will survive this. Get you a vaccine. Actually, I'm employing our health and wellness ministry to begin to lay out a series of information uh, 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 articles and things like that for our people to access so you can get knowledge about the vaccine and move toward it as soon as it becomes available to you. The mask, though necessary uh, in saving lives, I want you to think about uh, this real good, is a metaphor. The mask is a metaphor. It's a metaphor of what demonic and satanic forces are doing behind the scenes. They're engaged in this today. In other words, if, if, you, if you look at a mask, a mask has always, the masquerade is, you don't really know what's on the other side of it. And so if we had a masquerade party here today and everybody was allowed to wear a mask, you could come dressed up as a person that you're really not and no one would necessarily know it. The enemy is working like this in a spiritual sense. In other words, the world is, is portraying one thing, but behind the mask is a whole different operation. Whole different operation, and I need to bring some light to it because God wants light to shine on it. I'm talking about this pandemic is of the devil, and so one of the things he does is he hides behind masks. There are people who present uh, a wonderful image, but inside, there are just a lot of hatred and discontentment. And God wants truth to be revealed. So for a moment, I need to talk about the mask. It's a metaphor. It is a metaphor for, what, uh, for that carefully crafted and false version of what we call ourselves. There are people who have a false virgin, version of self, a false version of ourselves. We present one thing in public, but in actuality, we're hiding behind the mask, 
our true thoughts and feelings are not seen. Our true actions aren't known. And I want you to be very careful, especially the body. Satan transforms himself, masquerades by showing light, but not letting you know it's really demonic. And I need to, re- I need to uh, examine this for a minute because the Lord spoke to my heart and told me, and I'm saying it to the world, that the enemy, especially with our young people in this generation, 40 and younger, maybe 41 and younger, The enemy is appearing to you as an angel of light and you think it's God, but it's not God. You think because it's brilliant and God is behind it. Because people applaud, God is behind it. Because people like it on Facebook or social media that God is with it. God is not with it. And I'm going to show you why. First Peter chapter two, verse one, uh, two and three says, therefore, this is the new international version. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice. Look at it. All deceit. Look at it. All mask or hypocrisy, all envy and all slander of every kind. Verse two, like newborn babes, I need you to crave. I need you to crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. In other words, you got saved, you tasted that the Lord is good, but you can't stop there. You got to now grow up in your spirituality and you should crave the sincere milk of the word thereby. As a babe craves milk, you should crave word, not affirmation, not prophecy. A lot of that is junk food to you as a newborn babe. Babes need sincere milk of the word that they will grow thereby. They need to be taught scripture. They need to memorize scripture. This is how we grow. You get in the word, you read the word. Not sit around someone that calls you out and starts prophesying to you. As a newborn babe, uh, you should desire the sincere milk. If there's no desire in there, you're opening up yourself for deception. So, therefore, get rid of all malice. Get rid of the malice. Well, who's telling you to get rid of the malice? A lot of people are saying, that's just the way I am right now. That's the message. You can be what you were before you got saved. Says who? Scripture says lay aside, get rid, look at the word, rid yourself. That means you can't play with malice. You can't play with deceit. You can't play with hypocrisy. You can't play with envy. I hope you don't change that dial. You can't play with slander, talking about folk. Can't play with it. You got to let it go and desire the sincere milk. This comes from a man who walked with Jesus. His name is Peter, who had a problem with his mouth. But God gave him a word and said, lay aside the malice, the deceit, the hypocrisy, the envy, the envy. In in believers, yes, you came out of the world, you got to get envy out. You can't look at what others have and then say, what about me? You got to learn how to stay in your lane. And all slander. Never talk down about anybody. Now, there are people, when they're wrong, they don't want you to say nothing. That ain't got nothing to do with this scripture. 
If you're wrong, you need to be able to say I'm wrong. Don't say wrong is right. You got to say right is right and wrong is wrong. So malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, we need to lay it down. One of the things the angel of light does when he masquerades, he doesn't bring those things to light. In other words, I'm just going to accept you for what you are and who you are. And that's supposed to be the love of God. <laughs> like newborn babes crave pure milk of the word. He doesn't tell you to crave the milk either. He tells you to get around somebody that's going to affirm you. You got to get around people that celebrate you. You got to get around people that make sure you are, you're pushed. They push you into your destiny and push you. They don't read the word though. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is another passage out of the New Living Translation, verse 1. Therefore, it's on the screen. Therefore, since God, is, uh, God in his mercy has given us this new way. If God has given us a new way, you can't go down the old way and say you're with it. <laughs> One of the things the angel of light says, even though you're doing what you used to do, God is there. Okay, look, look what God says. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Anytime give up comes to you, you're supposed to kick it to the curb. We never have an excuse. I don't care what's happening in your life to give up on God. We don't give up on our children. We don't give up on our God. We don't give up on our destiny. We never Give up. Look at the word. We reject all shameful deeds. I said we rejected all shameful deeds and unhanded methods. In other words, we don't step up in the pulpit and use the pulpit to manipulate people, even with voice tones. Underhanded methods. We don't call people out to prophesy to them just to get an offering. All underhanded methods. We don't affirm people who look like they're sad just so we can say, okay, I was the prophet or I was the man of God or the woman of God that told you exactly what God was saying so they can bend to us. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God in any way. Notice no trickery in God's house. No trickery. You never trick anybody even outside of God's house, trickery is like witchcraft and you don't use it to get your way ever. We don't have to use it. Look at the word. We tell the truth before God. It's right there plain and simple. We always tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. That's what God wants us to be. All who are honest know this. At least we are. We should know it. Honesty should speak to us. A sense of honesty should speak to us internally that all who are honest don't do certain things and we embrace other things, especially the things that relate to truth. If you're taking notes, write it down. Darkness and light are metaphors for evil and good. But Satan transformed himself, he's evil, but he transformed himself as an angel of light, appearing to be good, but he's still evil. If anyone sees an angel of light, 
an angel of light. In other words, if an angel, if Gabriel showed up in here tonight or showed up in your house, he's not going to appear to be like dark. He's going to appear to be brilliant. He's going to come in brilliance. And usually if an angel of light shows up, it would seem to be you'll get a good feeling, a sense of uh, a being, maybe purpose. Man, the angel showed up in my life. For the correlation of evil is not in brilliance. Usually when the scripture talks about evil, and I need you all to follow me in the spirit. This is not ethnic. Because there are people in America who believe because skin is dark, then you're evil. And there's a history. Uh, I heard it, uh, someone articulate that with all of the chaos that's coming out of the UK. Uh, with the queen and her descendants and Prince Harry and his wife Meghan. And uh, she uh, went on Oprah to talk about the babe. Uh, people in the royal line wanted to know how dark the babe would be. I don't know how true that is or how false. But one of the ladies out of Africa was talking about the history of the UK and its history. I'm talking about a thousand year history. Uh, they colonized nations. I'm talking about straight apartheid. Okay. I'm talking about straight up. If you're black. If you're dark-skinned, you can't be a part of this. You can only be slave. This is the history. Okay. So if, there, if that's the history, why would you have a problem with someone at least saying that someone said something wrong? Why are you attacking them when we know the history? And that's why it's good for you to know the word. So when you know the word, you'll know some things aren't new. <laughs> some things are so old it has mold on it. You think it's new because you've never seen it before. But the scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. I'm beginning to feel my help coming home. I'm beginning to feel like pressing my way. Mm. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've seen some powerful preachers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, I'm preaching now. I'm preaching now. <laughs> well, I'm teaching now. I'm teaching now. Darkness and light are metaphors of good and evil. For the correlation of evil in the scripture shows up as shadows or as darkness. Even ignorance is of a darker tone. Remember, I'm not talking about ethnicity here. What I'm talking about is spiritual matters. It is a prime example in human history. This is throughout history. It's not something new. That shadows seem to be evil or demonic. And light seems to be more pure and heavenly spiritually in the scriptures. For those of you that are of a darker skin, don't let that mess you up. God loves everybody the same, and you need to know that. But let me teach as the Spirit is given to me. In the Bible, light is spiritual. It is a spiritual metaphor for truth. And God is unchanging. And so I need to take you a few, to you a few scriptures there take you to a few scriptures like James 1 and 17 that God is the father of light they should flash it on the screen James 1 and 17 that God is the father of lights 
So light represents spiritual, a spiritual metaphor for truth and God's unchanging nature. Did they put it on the screen yet? James chapter 1, roll with me. James chapter 1. No 17 in James 1? I want you all to see it. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the what? The Father of lights. So every good gift comes from the light. No wonder Satan wouldn't want to rob you of that. By showing up as light to the sea. First John chapter 1 and 5. It's repeated in the scriptures. The Bible helps us to understand that God is wholly good and truthful. He's wholly good. And truthful, and it is described as light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Would it not be unusual for Satan then to say, if, if the scripture says God is light, and I want to get those who are gravitating toward the light, I should shine up as a show up as an angel of light to pull them out of the light. Whew. I like this one, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. He exhorts, exhorts you and I to join him in the light. So if God is light, he doesn't say I'm the light and I want you to be shocked by and afraid of the light. But I want you to come into the light. I want you to draw into the light. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. Of all sin. Notice God invites us into the light. And if Satan looks out and can see that people are hit by the brilliance of God, he is light, the father of light, then he turns around and invites people to walk with him in the light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And then while in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse us of all sin. Out of the book of John chapter 12, he exhorts us to, to join him in the light. Forgiving us light was his purpose. Look what he says. I came into the world as a light. So that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. <laughs> You believe in Jesus, you can't stay in darkness. You got to start moving toward the light. So Satan, to disguise himself, will appear as an angel of light. According to 1 John 2 and 9 and 10, uh, light is the place where love dwells. So love is brilliant and is in the light. Light is the place where love dwells. And is comfortable. It is comfortable. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is where? Still in darkness. Look at verse 10 of the same chapter. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. 
and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. So the closer you are to the light, the less you will stumble. That makes sense in the natural. Turn the lights on, you won't run into anything. Turn them off in your own house, you may fall over a chair. Whew, hurt yourself. Here's the last two as it relates to this. The metaphor of light. God has created us. Actually, he is the creator of light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 3, the earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. And the spirit of God said, let there be light. And there was light. So light comes from God. Man is incapable of generating internal light. Actually, if you ever have surgery, one of the things they do is put you to sleep. And then the doctor hits you and your body with a brilliant light. Turns it on. Because when they open you up, there is no light in your body. The, the Bible says that your eye is the light of the body. If you want light to get in the body, you got to open up your eyes. Which means insight is light. <laughs> no insight, no light. Not knowledge, I said insight. Hindsight plus foresight equals insight and then full sight. Hindsight, what you did in your past, plus foresight, prophetic vision equals internal light. Who's got it? Who can look at past mistakes, project in the future what you're going to do and not going to do, and have internal light? Once internal light shines, you have full sight. A panoramic view of what life is about through your own experiences. And some of us are being made right now. That's why you can't let what you're feeling right now knock you out. You can't let what, let what you're going through stop you from pursuing the goal. You can't quit. Light says you can't quit. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, one of my favorite passages. I'm sorry, we got to go to uh, 1 Timothy 16 and 16, 6 and 16. The Bible says, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see to him be honor and glory and might forever. So God is in a place since he creates light. He's in a place where he's in unapproachable light. In his naturalness unless he tempered himself through Jesus Christ our Lord. We could never reach the father. He's so brilliant you just couldn't reach him. He's just that kind of light like our natural sun. The natural sun you got closer to it. One mile closer you will burn up. Jesus is the light of the Father. Tempered in a way that he can give brilliance to you and heat when you're cold, but not burn you up. Then he puts this light in human form. Even though it's unapproachable, he then puts it in human form. And you know him and understand the truth. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, and I'll move on. For God, who said, let there, let light shine out of darkness. We saw it in Genesis 1 and 3. Made his light shine in our hearts. To give us the light of the knowledge of God. Of God's glory 
displayed in the face of Christ. I think I shared with you that the sun in itself would burn us up. But we all experience sunlight. And Jesus is like that. He's the light of God, tempered so it doesn't burn us up. Holy Spirit is like the heat that comes from that light to keep us warm during the winter times. So God the Father is the sun. God the Son is the sunlight. God the Spirit is the heat that keeps us going in the energy. It gives us energy to do what he's called us to do. So scripture teaches that Satan disguises himself. I just showed you how God works. So he traverses through all of these systems. He really covets. He knows that God is a brilliant light. So what he want? He know if he showed you, showed you himself as a shadow, you will run away from him. So what he does is show up in your spirituality. He shows up in your spirituality to affirm you in places and never tell you you need to change. So scripture teaches that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. It means Satan capitalizes on our love of the light in order to deceive us. He knows we grab, most people gravitate toward the light. Turn out the lights, people scream. Turn on the lights, they move toward it naturally. Turn off the lights. If you saw a rat and the lights went out, you go, oh God, when the lights go out, you're going to start jumping them on chairs. So light naturally causes us to gravitate. Actually, uh, we don't have to curse the world. The world is in darkness. All you got to do is put some lamps on your feet and start walking and the, and the world will follow you out of darkness. Whew. Satan wants to capitalize on our love for the light. So he transformed himself as an angel of light to deceive us. He wants us to think that he is good. He wants us to think that his ways are truthful. He wants us to think that he's the one that really loves. He wants us to think that he's powerful. He can get some things done for you. You don't have to follow God's plan. You can hook up with me. You can do it your way. You can be like Sinatra. I did it my way. And still wind up at the same place. All the things that God is, Satan tries to counterfeit. One of the ways Satan gets us to think he's good and to think he's truthful and to think he's loving and to think he's powerful in all the things that God is. He usually approaches us through the brilliance of affirmation. Whether that is prophetic affirmation or physical affirmation. Somebody says something good to us, it makes us feel good. Let me just share something with you about God. There is nobody in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that God called them good all the time. When he made Adam, he didn't call him good. He says, what I made is good. <laughs> Actually, he says, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that reaches after God. There's none. But what happens with Satan is that he loves to, we have a need now to be in brilliance. So he loves to come to us. We can be as mean as hell, but what he does is say, you all right? And doesn't convict us of our wrong. He uses 
the brilliance of affirmation to make us feel good. But sometimes we need to hear God say, I don't like what you did. Or Cain, where is your brother? What do you mean? Am I my brother's keeper? That's what Cain said. Well, I, something went wrong because I can hear his blood screaming from the dirt. He didn't tell Cain it's all right. He had to get him straight. From Adam all the way to John the Revelator. You'll never hear God affirming someone every single day. Affirmation is our job. It's parents' job. God doesn't affirm every single day. God says you need to shift and you need to change. That's what he says most of the time. A lot of people like to use Abraham. But Abraham, uh, uh, not only Abraham, but Adam, Adam uh, failed in Genesis 3. And God says, what have you done? He didn't say it's all right. He says you need to correct that. Actually, I'm going to help you to correct it and teach you how to fix it. You can't really do it on your own. But I need you to understand that you just open up the door for curses to be upon all mankind. Noah, the same thing, came out of the ark, got drunk on his own success, naked before his own children. His son looked at it and cursed him. He turns around and curses his son. God didn't say that was okay. He said, whatever you pronounced over him, I'm going to do it. To teach all of us, be careful when you're angry. Moses, see a burning bush. God didn't say you're fearfully and wonderfully made and I just love you. And I'm sending you to, he said, listen, take your shoes off your feet for the ground you stand on is holy. In other words, when you approach me, there's some shifts you need to have in your life. Ah, you can come as you are, but once you get into my presence, your presence is an open door. So come like, come now, Lord, like never before. Glory to God. And once Moses took his shoes off his feet, God began to speak to him. After he commissions him to go to Egypt to pull out the three million. The scripture says in the chapter, read it, chapter 3 and chapter 4, this is your assignment. The scripture says God sought to kill Moses. Now when you read it, it's going to shock you. What do you mean God sought to kill Moses? Well, when you approach him and he gives you an assignment, there's a wall that goes with it. Oh, I want to do what God tells me to do. Well, there's a wall that goes with it. In other words, if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, you got to stand before me. Glory to God. Scripture says he sought to kill him because he didn't command his children. He didn't tell his children, you need to circumcise yourself. And so his wife took a knife and cut the foreskins off the boys and threw it at the feet of God or threw it at the feet of Moses and said, look how bloody you are. And then God stopped trying to kill the man. Read it so you'll understand God, that God doesn't just affirm all of the time. The God that calls will chasten. Thank you, Lord. Oh, nobody wants to preach that. He's love. See, God loves you. God loves us. No, God will change. Those he loves. He pulls out a belt and says, that's wrong. Don't you do that. Thank you, Lord. Are y'all still with me out there? Thank you, Lord. I know this one's tough, but he gave it to me today. 
Encouragement is another way the light comes from Satan. We all need encouragement, but what he does is overboard with it. And then he wants us to seek it all of the time. The encouragement should come from the word. That's, that's really, remember God speaks through his word by his spirit and by our circumstances. Circumstances shouldn't be the loudest voice. It's really, he wants you to desire, desire the sincere milk of the word so you can grow. So he'll use the light of affirmation, the light of encouragement. The light of help or assistance. A lot of people are going to fall in love with the government. Because a check is coming soon. Fall in love with Jesus too. What about self-serving, self-serving prophecies? In other words, this is how the enemy uh, shows up a lot of time. In other words, stand up brother, stand up sister. God's about to bust a move in your life. You're about to move. People didn't want you to make it. Oh, that must be God because there's a lot of people didn't want me to make it. God doesn't, you'll never see any of that in scriptures. God never talks about what people don't like. All he does is commission. But what catches people's ears today is about what people never saw. They never saw you grow up. They you say, oh, that must be God. But what he does is transform himself like a light. So you'll always look down on people and never trust people. And if God calls you, he always calls you not just to himself, but he calls you to help people. Glory to God. You can't hate people and work for God. Self-serving prophecies which are designed to only prophesy to desires and not the real purpose of God. And when God wants you to do something, he's going to work on you, especially attitude. Desire, here's how the enemy comes as an angel of light. Your desires, he confirms them. It's a tactic of him to deceive. That's what I wanted. That's right. God didn't always give us what we want. But he does give us the desires of our heart. When you surrender your will in exchange for his in worship, your desires really become his. And he'll give you the desires of your heart, which are really his heart implanted in yours. To portray himself as a shadow or a dark devilish being with horns would not be wise. Devil don't show up with a pig's fork. He don't show up dark. He don't do that. He show up in brilliance. How? Through the things I label. Affirmation. Demonically influenced affirmation. Demonically influenced, influenced encouragement. That's why you got to know who you are in Christ. The, the more you know who you are in Christ, the less you need people to say you're good. Affirmation is for children. Children need it, but when we become adults and full grown, we should not seek services that affirm us publicly. Let God reach the ones that aren't saved. I already know who I am in God. You don't have to call my name in no church service. You don't have to pull me out. I know who I am. He's been with me too long. He confirms it with me when I'm alone. Woo, Jesus. There's some things I know he loves me. There's some things I know he loves. He loves me. Glory to God. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. I know it in my soul. No one has to love when I know he loves. 
Thank you, God. Now, love feels good, but the necessary blend of love that comes from him satisfies that need inside of us. Well, even if you go for six months and no one say it, you can still pull on his love. Thank you, Lord. Most people are not drawn to darkness unless you go into a club. <laughs> Most people are drawn to the light unless you go into the club. Therefore, Satan appears himself, appears as a creature of what you love. A creature of what you love to draw you to himself and his lies. Very smart tactic of the enemy. I need to expose it. How can we discern which light is of God and which is of the devil? How would you know? I'm almost done. Don't move, but you got to get this. I may have to finish it at 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. How can I discern which light is of God and what light is of the devil? When all of it, God affirms, so Satan affirms. God encourages, so Satan encourages. God wraps his arms around us, so Satan gives you a whole group of people that say you're all right. How do you know what's right and what's wrong or what's dark and what's gray? Our minds and our hearts are easily confused by these conflicting things, these conflicting messages. So how can you make a distinction between God's brilliance in your path and Satan's brilliance? How do you know if you're on the right path or not? Psalm 119 is a great place to start. Psalm 119, great place to start. Verse 105, your word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. In other words, Satan is not going to want you to get in scriptures. In other words, if you get in the word, the word becomes the lamp, not what you desire or what you feel. The brilliance is the word. So if I got the word, the word becomes the lamp of the mouth. Not a being, not a service, not somebody prophesying to you. The word is the lamp under my feet. And a light, a continuous light to my path. Glory to God. I like verse, I like verse 130. Glory to God. It says the unfolding of your words. In other words, it's not just the word that I got, but I'm in the word on a continuous basis. And as the revelation comes, the unfolding of your word gives me light. God doesn't just show up as brilliance. Every once in a while, he sent Gabriel, but Gabriel didn't come to everybody. He don't send angels to everybody. You don't need to see brilliance in your room. But the unfolding of your words give me brilliance. Look at this. It imparts understanding to the simple or the simple-minded. So when we're ignorant, ignorance is a form of darkness. You want light? You want God's word to illuminate who he is and who you are in him? Get in the word. The unfolding of the word gives light and it imparts understanding. Notice I didn't talk about intellect at all. Just because you're in the halls of academia, that don't mean that you have light on the inside. Only, the only light 
that can shine in your heart and remain there is the unfolding of God's word. Psalm 119. Christopher Shelby stood right here as a young kid and pronounced all 175 verses, 175 verses of that psalm as a little boy. I want you to go back, look at it on YouTube. Thousands of people have watched it. I just want to remind Christopher, don't forget the word. Thank you, God. And all young people, if you get in the word, I did a thing. I said, listen, I want all young people to memorize as much as possible the 119th Psalm a few years ago. I wonder how many have gone after Snapchat and after uh, YouTube and after uh, 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 IG, I think it's Instagram, and after social media, but won't get in the word and wonder why we can't see nothing. Young people, you must get in the word. There is no light in the darkness. But thy word gives light unto my feet and my path. And the unfolding of your word, 130, verse 130, imparts understanding to the simple. Thank you, Jesus. The words that God speak are powerful. And it always shines bright. So, when something shows up as brilliant light to you, whether it is what you feel when somebody affirms you, okay, take it in stride. See if it's tied not to your desire, but to scripture. God confirms the word with miracle signs and wonders. Be careful about people who prophesy to you and you have nothing for it to, to connect with on the inside, only your soul. Word must speak to word before it is activated. Thank you, Lord. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. God's voice manifests in spiritual light. God's voice. If you don't have God's voice, you're not seeing clearly. Whew. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, it came to me sharply. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the hearts of humans. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. People can't see the whole scope, yet we run to people who believe they have the mind of God to tell us the whole scope of our lives. You know why? Because there's something in us that want to know about our tomorrow. But God says he put eternity in your heart and he has not given you the whole scope. You mean to tell me a prophet is going to violate this scripture and say he's a man of God? God gave me a word for your life. Listen to me. God doesn't do that. It's just a lamb to your feet and a light. You got to, for every step, you want him to illuminate it. For every step, he, want, he wants you to depend on him. Ooh, Jesus. Satan transforms himself as an angel of light and wants you to depend on what you found out six years ago. You ain't prayed now. You're not even praying now, but going based on what you knew seven years ago. Where is the lamb today? Ah, Jesus. Woo. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its season. In other words, God wants you every season, every three months to be seeking him for what he wants to do in, in your life. He makes all things beautiful in its season. 
He's not trying to give you a word and you don't ever have to come back to him anymore. He wants you to depend on him. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Millions have fallen into the deception of the enemy with these kinds of prophecies. They're hearing people, I got a word for your life, going to change your life. No, you need to be in the word. An unfolding of the word will bring light to you. Not just one prophetic word. Please be careful with that. Ooh, a light hit me. Ooh, Jesus. Okay, that may be God. But remember, Satan can do the same. And he will use godly things to trick you. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. I'll close with this. Isaiah 8 and verse 20. It says, look to God's instructions and teachings. Are you looking to God's instruction and teachings? Are you spending time in the word? Start with the 119th Psalm. Read it in the New Living Translation and in the NIV and in the New King James Version until you get an understanding of it. Look to God's instruction, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20 through verse 22, and his teachings. This is powerful. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. So people who prophesy and the pattern is not tied to scriptures. They are completely in the dark. They will call right wrong and wrong right. Look at verse 21. They will go from one place to another. Weary and hungry, which means they will never be satisfied. They'll move from one movement to the next, from one revival to the next, from one church to the next, from one pastor to the next, looking for somebody to speak to their desire versus confirming what the word says about their lives. Look at the word. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry look at the word and because they are hungry they will rage and curse their king and their god eventually they'll get mad with god i don't believe this stuff anyway he didn't show up when i prayed that my mama won't die he didn't show up he didn't save her this stuff may not be real anyway Look at the word. They will look up to heaven and they will drown. They look and down at the earth. But whatever they look or wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. In other words, when you don't let the word become a lamp to your feet and you start looking to people and the angel of light shining in your life in your life and you're going after everything that you desire, you'll never be satisfied. Look at this. They will be thrown out into darkness. This is total ignorance. Wasting years of your life versus doing what God, like a baby, about every few hours, they need some sincere milk. And you need to get in the word. The more words you have, the less effect the angel of light will have in deceiving you. Thank you, Jesus. I close with this statement, darkness is a result of attempting to find truth without the word of God. 
Darkness comes to those of us who attempt to find truth without the word of God. Word of God. There is no light, internal light, when somebody speaks to your desires. That's only confirmation and affirmation. But it's the word that brings light. Prophetic words should touch not your desires, but the word that you packed in your heart. And God didn't want anybody moving on prophetic words alone. That's why he has pastors after his heart. They ain't trying to prophesy to you to get you to do nothing but love on Jesus. And when God is ready to do something in your life, nobody can stop it. Until then, you need to be planted in the house so you will flourish in the courts. Ask yourself this question, where are you planted? If your root is deep, deeply planted, and it's by the flowing stream of God's presence, you can decree that scripture, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season and his leaves will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light is so effective because people think he's just trying to tempt you to sin. He will affirm you to separate you from your people and have you wearing a mask. People affirming you and the real you is not showing up. Ah. I want to pray with you. And I want all of you, even those of you that are watching here today, to come into agreement. God really loves you. Really, remember, he makes all things beautiful in its season. If you just wait on him, you eventually will come into ripeness. Don't let the angel of light pull you out of your purpose. Even if it's affirming you. So dear God, by your divine power, I decree that we will not be deceived. We will not accept the lies of the enemy that's trying to pull us out of our holy place from away from your commandments, away from your truth. Darkness comes when we try to find truth without your word. So I thank you, God, for identifying this ploy of the enemy that affirms but doesn't take people to scripture. That affirms and encourages, but doesn't challenge us to change. You have given us the spirit of truth, Holy Spirit. And I give you praise for giving me the voice, or making me the voice of truth revealed. And I bless you for that. Everyone under the sound of this voice, when they hear truth, I pray that it will quicken in their soul. I decree and declare that we are your people and the sheep of your pastor. And your sheep will hear your voice and a stranger they will not follow. So even when the angel of light shows up this year, thank you that your people will stand still and judge the time and not just run with affirmation and encouragement. We know you use these things, these qualities. Satan uses them as well. Help us to recognize that you teach us to go back to the word. Thank you, God, for giving us wisdom and discernment 
in these last days. Thank you for not leading us into temptation, but delivering us from all evil. Thank you for protecting our children in the ways of justice, truth, and righteousness. And God, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.